Sorry, I needed that to, to wake up a little bit. It is the Springfield Morning News with Greg Bishop without Greg Bishop, who is on vacation all this week. Looking for Bjork. Trying to bring her back to the States, I think. He wants a little pocket Bjork. I don't know if I can say that on the radio. I'm Mike Wimacher. Forced to wake up this early to be here with, <laughs> with you. And you're like, ah, now i got to listen to this guy. Well, I apologize. Um, this, this week, there is a lot going on in the world of sports. Especially this particular... If you're back in the office, I'm sure already at some point, Dan in accounting has come up to you and be like, hey, you entered in my brackets? It's worth a shot, man. Mary, remember a couple of years ago, Mary doesn't know anything about basketball. She won the bracket. She won She won the tournament and won a whole bunch of money. So we're discussing that because I'm a big sports fan. So 217-629-7970 is the phone number if you got some questions. Each day we're breaking down a different region. you got to get your brackets probably locked in by Thursday at 10 a.m. Tonight starts the uh, two of the first four games. you got uh, Texas Southern versus Texas A&M Corpus Christi. By the way, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, that team has a little bit of local flavor as uh, former Southeast basketball player Terion Murdoch's Plays for Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So that game is tonight. Also, the other, uh, the second game of the doubleheader, Wyoming versus Indiana in the first four. But we'll be breaking down the uh, West region of the brackets. If you've got any questions about that, I'm a little biased on that region because my favorite uh, NCAA team, Gonzaga, playing in that bracket. But before we get to some of my thoughts on that particular region, there is a scientific approach. If you would like to, maybe if you have no idea about basketball, And you're like, well, maybe science can help me choose my bracket and do a better job and upset those who know the game in and out within the office pool. Let me just say, a majority of the time, the person who wins the office pool or the brackets are the people who have the least amount of knowledge of the game. Because if you have too much knowledge, you overthink things uh, and end up making these, these picks. And you think you know more than others. And it's a one-game thing. And maybe a team doesn't show up that night. So you may want to go with this approach. All right? I'll give you my kind of breakdown of the West region here momentarily. But this comes to us from the University of Illinois. And they, they had a group of data scientists who basically signed up for this project to figure out the best way to fill out your brackets. And what they say is basically you pick your Final Four first. And then work your way back. They say by picking the top-seeded team from each region as the final four contestants are working backwards from there, you'll have a higher bracket score on average than by picking the winners of the first-round games and continuing in order. So what they're saying is figure out who you want your final four is. This is the data scientists. Then work your way back to that. They say if you're submitting multiple brackets to boost your chances of winning March Madness prizes, starting with the Final Four is still a good strategy, but also diversify as much as possible to maximize your chances. If you can only pick one bracket, the leaning heavily on top seeds makes sense. However, all bracket challenges allow you to submit multiple entries. A person does not need all their brackets to score well. Just one will do. And they say there are more than nine quintillion possible bracket combinations Picking a perfect bracket with all 63 games correct is extremely unlikely, even when submitting multiple brackets. 
A new approach is a way of reducing the number of games you'll have to take a guess on, helping your odds because the top seeds are more likely to reach the Final Four than any other teams statistically. Uh, the scientists say once you pick a set of Final Four teams, 12 additional game outcomes become fixed, effectively reducing the number of games that you must pick. The research suggests that anything that can be done to reduce the uncertainty in your picks while simultaneously expanding the diversity of your pool would give you a step up in uh, having a good scoring bracket amongst your set of brackets. So what the scientists say, the data scientists university, by the way, who signed, I, I want to know the people who signed up for that project. They're like, uh, so we want to run kind of some, that'd be me. I will raise my hand immediately. I'll be one of those data. I will jump on that grenade for everyone. So what they're saying is find your final four team first, because in that, that way, you then eliminate all those games. Instead of just looking at the the entire first round of each and picking that way, they say pick your final four teams and then work your way backwards because obviously if those other teams you're thinking of making it to the final four, you're going to have them win all those games leading up to it, so that's less you have to choose to begin with. It's an interesting strategy, and they say over time looking at the numbers, that actually leads to better results. So we'll see if that bears true. Uh, as far as the particular breakdown of this particular region of the West region of the NCAA bracket, uh, looking at it, obviously I'm a little biased in this situation in the fact that I'm a huge Gonzaga fan, have been for years. Do I have them getting out of this region? Yes, but it's not going to be easy. I think they're going to have a pretty easy time against Georgia State. No offense to Georgia State. This next round of the tournament, I have... It's weird because the 8-9 game, those are always toss-ups, your 8-9 games. And in this particular region, Memphis is a team coached by Penny Hardaway. Remember little Penny? Orlando Magic, superstar from back in the day. He recruits like no one's business. Got great athletes, but the team has underperformed all year. And they just got blown out in their conference championship game over the weekend. But there is so much talent there. If they can get it together... They can beat Boise State, I think, and give Gonzaga a bit of a game in the fact that they have the athletes. I just don't think they play as disciplined as Gonzaga does. But that that's an interesting second-round matchup if it were to kind of go that way. Looking at some of the other games in that region, uh, UConn versus New Mexico State, and New Mexico State a pretty good team. I still think UConn wins that one. The one that sticks out, there's a couple that stick out to me. Arkansas versus Vermont. Arkansas went on a run late, but Vermont is a team that has not lost since December 3rd. And Vermont won their conference tournament. The average margin of victory in all their games are conference tournament. Now, granted, they pair in the American East, and it's not the greatest conference around. But when you're beating people by an average of almost 32 points a game, you're pretty darn good. So I would circle that. That's a 13-4 matchup. If you're looking to hit maybe a big upset, that may be one to circle. The other thing that I'm looking at in this particular region is Alabama, a team that actually beat Gonzaga earlier this season, but have been wildly inconsistent at 19 and 13. They'll play the winner of the Rutgers-Notre Dame play-in game. I think the winner of that play-in game has a really good chance of eating, beating Alabama. I wouldn't call it an upset because Rutgers and Notre Dame are both from big-time power conferences, but the seeding said it would be an upset, so that's something to look at. Uh, Texas Tech, Montana State, Montana State, another team, by the way, that has a little bit of local flavor. Uh, Xavier Bishop, Zay Bishop from Lanphier goes to Montana State. 
And so that may be a game you want to watch. Do I think they overcome Texas Tech? No, Texas Tech plays really good defense. Uh, Michigan State-Davidson is another interesting first-round matchup in that west part of the uh, the bracket. Davidson, very good, runs their offense well. We all know Michigan State. They either make a really deep run or they're knocked out early. And this team has been a bit inconsistent. And also Duke-Cal State-Fullerton. The second-round matchup between Duke and Michigan State would be an interesting one. But I think Davidson may defeat Michigan State in that first-round matchup. But I would like to see. Remember, it's Coach K's last tournament. He is done after the season. So when the next Duke loss is Coach K's last game of his career. Now, you know, we talked to the author of the Coach K book a couple of weeks back uh, during when I had the 9 to 11 show. And Coach K is still going to be around, but he's just not going to be coaching the team on a daily basis. So that's a, a possible second round matchup. As I, like I said, as I extrapolated out, I have a bit of bias. I think the Zags make the Final Four. Uh, there's a possible rematch with Duke, who beat Gonzaga earlier this year in Las Vegas. But I think there is enough. that the, the amount of pressure that is on this particular Duke team, they they probably have, you know, four possible lottery picks playing on the floor at the same time. But the pressure for these young men, knowing that they're the last class, the last team Coach K is going to have, the pressure to perform and to bring him a title in his last year is immense. And there's something to be said for that. So I have Gonzaga coming out of the West. Uh, Yesterday we broke down the South, which is where Illinois is. I have Arizona coming out of that. So those are two of my final four teams. You have the science now behind you as well. If you have any questions, Mike at WMAY.com is a great way to get a hold of me. I can send you an email. And tomorrow we will break down the Midwest portion around this time on the program.